Welcome to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself, where we explore how people from all over the world experience freedom and passion expressed through different kinds of travel. This season, we're talking about experiencing freedom through government and military travel and other types of interesting jobs. So in upcoming episodes this season, we hear from different guests how traveling for the government and military and their work in general can be a source of experiencing freedom through travel. Today, I talk with Sidra Blackwelder. Sidra is a military kid who moved around from different locations every two or three years, all before making her eighth and final move into her college. Sidra talks about what it took for her to embrace each move and how it gave her new chances to put herself out there. She is passionate about her sports now, and that passion is actually how she accessed making friends. We'll get a taste of what that passion is, even through injury. Quite fascinating for me. I love this part of the conversation. And finally, we hear about how she developed an appreciation for cultures overseas through her experience with clashing European and American lifestyles and Germany's quiet hours. I am your host, Antonio Goodwin, and you're listening to Freedom Now Travel. Express yourself. Get ready for takeoff. Buckle up. Here we go. Sidra, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Thank pleasure you. For, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing with us about experiences that you've had, particularly around military. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Sidra. I'm a military kid. Both my parents were in the army. My mom was in for eight years. My dad was in for 24. So I grew up moving all my life. Moving to college was my eighth move. I've lived in South Carolina, Maryland, North Carolina, and Germany. And I was just kind of bouncing between all those places my whole life. And yeah, I really, I really appreciate the opportunities that being a military kid gave me because it gave me a lot of insight into different cultures in the United States and around the world and made me appreciate like how, how many different cultures there are and how many different ways people experience the world. Uh, this is a perfect conversation for you. So I definitely appreciate you sharing your life's journey as it relates to benefits from the military, from being a military kid. And, you know, some people would say bouncing around, but I don't hear that in what you just shared. How would you describe your ability based on your parents' work to move with the military and experience the different cultures like you put it? I would say that because I was, you know, kind of, I don't know what the word is, but I just kind of had to go where they went. It was at their discretion. I didn't really have a choice about where I was going. I just kind of knew I was wired in my brain to know that every two to three years, I'd be picking it back up and going somewhere else. So I was always just kind of like getting ready to do that. You know, I knew that my dad was going to get the list of options and we were going to rank them, kind of talk about it, but it was mostly a parent conversation and then go. So I think I always kind of had to have an open mind about where I was going and knowing that it's not really up to me. It's up to my parents and it's up to the military and then embracing whichever place I ended up. Like there was even a time that I thought I was moving to Maryland up until three days before I moved to North Carolina. So I was fully prepared to move back to Maryland. And then my parents were like, oh, we're actually not doing that anymore. So just being wow. ready to like be hit by curveballs at all times. Well, I, I love what you said. You actually highlight freedom, at least for me. Freedom can be defined by a host of many different factors, right? Including the person who's defining it. But you said being open to whatever's coming and the second part, embracing wherever you were. Can you share even more about that? I mean, you talked about 
ready to move to Maryland. And then three days before you, you discover you're going to North Carolina. How did you embrace wherever it was that you ended up? Yeah. So when I thought I was moving to Maryland, I had lived in Maryland before and I was ready to come back and be with like the same people I was with before and be back with my mom's side of the family. And there was a lot of like comfort in that. But when I found out I was moving to North Carolina, I was like, oh, well, this is somewhere I've never been before. This will be something new. And I knew that I would still at least visit Maryland. I did end up moving back there. But just knowing that this would be a completely different place to live and knowing that I would have to meet new people in order to like have friends. Meanwhile, in Maryland, I kind of had that like secured for me. So it just gave me like another chance to have to meet new people, to have to put myself out there. And then I did learn a lot of things. I mean, that's where I met Jonathan and that's where I met like my other best friend, Melanie. And had I not, and I only lived there for one year, but had I not lived there for one year, I wouldn't have met two of the most important people in my life. And so I am grateful that even though, you know, it was like a little curveball that you can learn from every little experience you have, no matter how long or short it is. And I did get like really positive things out of living there. And just for clarity, Jonathan is the project manager on this show and actually co-producer. So we certainly are pleased that you got a chance to meet Jonathan. It's really interesting and your approach. Were you always open to putting yourself out there? Because I've heard stories of other folks who actually didn't like it. They want something regular or what they would call stable. But were you always a person who would say, you know, it will force me to meet new friends? I honestly, for as long as I can remember, I have been that person because like I said, I was kind of wired to be when you move every few years, you're like, you literally, you have to, I always kind of grabbed hold on the things that I like to do and knowing that those things brought me to the people that I liked. And that was what like kept me grounded through it all. So rather than having like my consistent childhood best friend up until the end of it, you know, I played sports, I did art. And those things brought me these friends who also like doing these things. And then I could keep in touch with them. And I feel like that's a skill that I learned from a very young age, that if you're at recess and you want to meet people that you'll really like, what do you really like to do? And, you know, I really like tag. So I'm going to go join the freeze tag group and just walk up to them and talk to them. And even if I didn't notice as a kid that I was doing it, that was me kind of embracing that, like, I need to find my people. And that traveled with me all the way to college. You know, how do I join stuff in college that are going to put me in a circle that I want to be in? So it was a good skill to learn early on, for sure. Yeah, it actually expresses a passion. Now, those passions can change, but passion in terms of activities, you, you latched on to something that you really liked, and you use that as a way of directing you while traveling, while you had to travel, to finding your people, your your in-group, your tribe, whichever term works you know, in the moment, but the people that you could connect to the most. So playing sports was a passion of yours or, or is a passion of yours. Yeah, it is a passion of mine. I played soccer all my life. I played growing up. And then when I moved to Germany, I played in like a Wiesbaden Select group, which was a mix of like German and American kids. And it was kind of like if you played for the rec program, they'd be like, oh, you seem to really like this. Maybe do you want to like do a little more? And so you played for this Wiesbaden Select group. So there were German coaches, American coaches. And you got to like meet with people who, you know, played the German style of soccer versus the American style of soccer. And that was really cool. And then when I got back to the States, it was like, well, I can't just go back to rec right now. Like I've been doing this. So that's what kind of got me into playing travel and kept playing that all through high school. And I ended up tearing my ACL and stopping soccer my senior year. But 
Yeah. And then after a year of recovery, I realized like there's still this like this void in my life. Like I really wanted a team. So now I play rugby at University of South Carolina, which I really enjoy. So wait a minute. All right. <laughs> tore your ACL playing soccer. Yeah. And you were like, all right, I've recovered. I'm not gonna play soccer. I'm gonna play rugby. Yeah, that is, I know. It was definitely it's definitely the dumbest sport I could have chose, pretty much. Besides well, you are in it. But wait, you're in it to win it. You said besides maybe what? Like football or wrestling. I can't really think of anything worse. I, I don't know how it's anything different. Rugby to me occurs as both football and wrestling. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how's the ACL? It's significantly better. I got surgery last July. So okay. yeah, it's, wow. I mean, it's sometimes scary, but it's okay. You're a trooper. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm going to forego soccer because I tore my ACL instead. Instead, I'm just <laughs> going to do rugby. Wow. Yeah. Take it to the hill. Well, so with your passions, with the travel, let's say, where else did you get a chance to experience living that, that made an impact? Definitely Germany was the, like, it like kind of fostered my love for traveling, which I think made the biggest impact. And it made me realize that you know, I love America, but there are other places <laughs> that I think I could enjoy living that I think I could really just like find a home in. Because when I first got there, it was, I think almost every kid that moved there kind of felt this. It was like, you felt like your parents took you to Germany and now you're stuck there. And you're just like, I'm in Germany. And you start to really miss America. And you're just like, why are the bathroom signs weird? And why are there like buses everywhere? And why can't I get my license until I'm 20 years old? And all these things that you just like don't understand because you're just like, why, 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 why? And then you're there for a year and you're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Like public transportation, this is great. Like the bathrooms, they cost a euro, but they're always clean. And like the food, it's really healthy. Like maybe I can't find like all the junk I wanted, but like this is actually good to me now. And you start to kind of like understand why, especially when I was in like fifth grade, that's a very formative age. Mm -hmm. And like sixth grade, you're just like, oh, this actually kind of makes sense. And while I was in Germany, I traveled to 19 other countries with my family. We were just, because it's like you hop on a Ryanair flight and you're just there. It's so quick. So I saw that in a lot of countries and you just start to understand that like not everything, not just because we do something in America a certain way doesn't make it right. It might fit our culture better and it might fit the way that we think, but like other cultures do things because it fits the way that they think. And sometimes that starts to make a lot of sense and you start to really appreciate that. So I think that that was, had a big impact on how much I want to see the rest of the world, because I feel like now that I have that cultural understanding of Europe, you know, there's so many other continents, so many other countries that I can see. And it's just crazy how much I realize I don't know. And I want to know that. That's amazing. 19 other countries while you were there in Germany for two years, three, three years, years, three years. years. Wow. Would you go on the weekends or would it just be whenever you had the chance in an extended amount of time? Yeah. I mean, they gave us, it was weekends, but you get a lot of time off in Germany. They gave us really good breaks because I think they wanted you to do that. And also they just have longer breaks in Europe. I felt like we would just always have like a four or five day weekend or like a spring break that would be like two weeks long. Wow. And we'd yeah. just be like, well, we're going to Prague this weekend. We're going to London this weekend. And then we would just do it. That's that's great. Do you remember anything? Of course you do. But any highlights from that particular, those three years where you were 
hopping and skipping all over Europe, you know, experiencing these different cultures and countries? Anything um, that stands out? Well, I also, I have three younger brothers. So when we traveled, we were a pack and we were like very American. Like we like screamed American. I was say, what does that look like? Yeah. Like, I mean, we're loud for one loud. We lived in a house in Eschborn, Germany. We lived off post and like far off post, like had to drive to the American school bus stop, whole thing. And our neighbors knocked on our door probably once a week for the first year. It's quiet hours. It's quiet hours. And we just like, we could not, my mom would like fight it. She's like, no, like my kids are allowed to play. And it's just like, you can't just live on the German economy and then just disregard their quiet <laughs> hours. It's literally the law. So yeah, like just certain things that just didn't rub my family the right way about the German culture that we kind of just neglected. Like if we went to a pool, it felt like everybody could just look at us and be like, they are the Americans. <laughs> we would just bustle in there. We'd have so much stuff. They would just come and like hang out and leave. No, like we were there. We were we were parked. It, yeah, just a lot of stuff. <laughs> How did you manage that in terms of interacting with German friends, making German friends? I had one neighbor, Cornelia. She was probably my only like fully German, lived on the economy, went to German school friend. She lived two doors down from me. And she was just fascinated with American culture. So it was never like a problem with people that actually wanted to be friends with us because they would just be like, they just thought we were so funny. She wanted to teach me German. She was really good at like speaking English. Like she spoke it probably better than I do. And one time she just starts speaking to me in German and she's like, what did I just say? And I was like, I have no idea. And she was like, oh, I was asking you about your taxes and your investment on your house. And your... And I was like, why would you think I know those words? <laughs> but she's like one year older than me and she knows them all in English. And here I am living in you know, her country and I don't know them in German. I was not giving as much to the German culture as she was giving to the American <laughs> culture. But she was never really offended by it. She just thought it was entertaining. So do you keep in touch with her at all? I keep in touch with her a little bit and my mom was good friends with her mom. So they still have each other like on Facebook and things. She ended up studying abroad in like Michigan, which is kind of an unfortunate way to experience America. I've never been to Michigan. I'm sorry if anyone's from Michigan on here. <laughs> an unfortunate way. <laughs> Why do you say unfortunate way to experience America? She should have gone to like New York, like somewhere that's like really like this is it. But I feel like she was like, like, what am I doing here? She probably end up in like suburbia. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the suburban American lifestyle. Wait, Midwest, I guess. There's that. Did you ever ask her about it? I didn't. She doesn't have like a phone number. I don't even know how to get in touch with her now. Uh, so, oh, wow. But my mom will update me occasionally on something that her mom posts and be like, Cornelia is doing this. I think she's a doctor on her way to being a doctor now. Oh, wow. Wow. Which would make sense. She was really smart. So, how cool is that? Yeah. So do you have a list of friends that you keep up with all over the country in, in terms of the places that you move to? Or is that... Uh, I think there's like, there's always like a core five that kind of stick with. And then I wouldn't even say we necessarily keep in touch. There's, I feel like there's this unspoken rule of like military kids, especially with the ones I had in Germany, where we're just like, we'll text whenever and we'll always respond, but we don't really keep up with each other's lives in a super intense way. But if I ever wanted to come and like stay with them for a week, they would let me type of deal. So I have like a group of five friends from Germany who are now out in the Midwest. One of them goes to school in Prague. One of them 
lives in Czech, but plays tennis in Florida for a school and she's Czechoslovakian. And then the other ones, I honestly don't, I couldn't tell you where they are, but we loosely keep in touch. And then like from North Carolina, there's Jonathan and my friend Melanie, and I mostly keep in touch with them. And then from back home, like before I had like the same thing, like my group of five friends that I ended up also going to high school with. So pretty much keep in touch with them the same. It's an interesting perspective to be able to wrap your mind around, at least for me, having stayed in one house for 18 years, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I grew up in South Carolina. So you're at University of South Carolina, Columbia. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Those are my stumping grounds and I love it. My folks are still there. You know, family is still there. Yeah. We'll pause here for a brief message brought to you by The Interpreted Life, LLC, committed to creating a world where everyone thrives using life design and intentional living. Maybe you or someone you know is figuring out life's next moves while in the midst of a change that you want to make or that you have to make. We coach people through that process by helping them live better, fuller, more extraordinary lives through sustained moment-by-moment thriving. The Interpreted Life, creating a life you love and living that life with passion. For more information, go to www.theinterpretedlife.com. So you've chosen USC as a place to have your higher education. And what year are you? I'm a sophomore. Sophomore. That's right. So you mentioned that. So you have two more years or depending on your major, what's your major? I'm visual communications. So I have two more years. Okay. So what do you see in your future? And it could be as near or far as, as you like it in terms of having experiences around travel, different kinds of travel as a way of expressing freedom and passion. So this summer I have an internship. It's actually in Chapel Hill and it's with a staffing agency and we have accounts all up and down the East Coast. So I'm going to be traveling this summer to like see those accounts. And I did notice like when I heard that, when I learned that, like that is something that I want in a future career is just the ability to travel and not have to feel like I'm glued to my desk in my office all the time. And kind of like, like a requirement, I guess, because, you know, growing up, it's not like I plan the trips. My parents were like, we're going. So I think it's nice to have something to tell you to go because sometimes you can make excuses and say like, oh, I'm busy. I'm so tired. I'm not going to go this weekend. But if it's like, oh, I have, you know, a giant concert to work on Saturday. I'm already in Chicago. I might as well go visit Chicago. I'm going to have to do that. So I think that is something that I'll look for in a future career is just like having to travel. And then I also plan to study abroad next spring. And I visited my friend recently over spring break in London because she's studying abroad there, which was really cool. But I realized that when I was there, there was nothing that really shocked me anymore about Europe. I was just like, oh yeah, like I remember this all. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that I kind of want to study abroad somewhere else. So I've like, I have an appointment actually tomorrow to talk about potentially like Africa or South America and try to figure out if there's any program that would work for that. Just so I can start, you know, checking off my little more consonants. So I think that's important. But then also when I was in Germany and we traveled to all these countries, I was like, you know, like Europe is this big and America is this big, but I've seen so much of Europe and I really haven't seen that much of America. Like I've seen the East Coast and I've been to the Rockies once, which was awesome. And I feel like I need to not just leave America in the dust. Like we have so much to see here too. 
So I definitely want to take time and be able to go like, especially out West is my goal and like travel all the national parks and things like that before I decide to go to another continent. Well, you're about to do a study abroad, so you might make it to another continent before you make it to all of the national parks. But I love the (laughs) idea because there's something to be created there as an ongoing thing. You hit a national park every time you go to a different state. That's really Mm -hmm. cool. I've yeah. not done that or even considered that. I like that. I might steal that idea from you. <laughs> okay. Just don't do it first, please. <laughs> Be so jealous. <laughs> you know, there's so much out there. There's more than enough to go around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Texas and Texas has quite a few. I just saw on the map, maybe about a month ago, literally next to each other, at least three national parks. Oh, really? I didn't even realize it. Just I didn't know Texas crowds. had it like that. That's quite a few. It's quite yeah. surprising. Yeah. And then there are the state parks. Jonathan's mother actually did 41 state parks in North Carolina. She went to all oh, of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so I, I love that idea of hitting the national parks and, and making it as like a life. Well, I can make it as a lifelong goal. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. You actually can do it in a year, you know. Sometimes. You could, yeah. And I also really like the idea of like seasonal work and like being like kind of sticking yourself in one of them and then like experiencing a lot of it. Which I'm like, am I really going to get a degree and then be like, I'm going to go be a raft guide? But maybe I am, you know? And that's okay. (laughs) Life gets to be created as long as you enjoy it and you're able to handle, you know, take care of yourself, whatever that looks like. Love that. So you've got study abroad coming up, you're thinking. You're thinking about a career that allows you the freedom to travel in some form or fashion connected to work. Anything else around being a military kid having to travel that you see either as a benefit or as maybe not so much as a benefit i think not so much as a benefit is like getting restless a lot of the time the longest i ever lived somewhere was four years and that was for high school and that was because my dad retired and we did have a giant global pandemic that kind of made it feel like i was living a different life But still at the same time, it was like, I've been here for four years and like there was, it's like the same day over and over again. And there's also not that preparation feel or that unpacking. It was like, cause it was always like the first year you're unpacking, you're still unpacking. It's always like, we're still moving in for one year. Then there's one year of like, you're here. The next year you're packing again. And so it's like this cycle and you're always feeling like you're in kind of almost like a survival mode of like not hibernation but like you are preparing for something and Mm. then you're executing it meanwhile you're doing all the other parts of your life too so it's just like this extra added component of like getting ready and then executing and then doing it and planning and doing it over and over again and when you don't have that it's like you're bored you're just like what like i just did what i have to do today and i have nothing else to think about And I'm going to be here for the next indefinite future. And I just feel like if I feel like if I like parked myself for more than like five years, I would probably go crazy. And like, I I might just have to be like, hey, kids, like we might not be in the army, but we are going to be moving. Like, just be ready for no reason. So maybe that would hate me. I don't know. But like, I just don't think I can stay in one place for the rest of my life. And if I did, I have to be a really cool place. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. And yeah. in your travels, you might actually encounter a place that you're like, this is it. This, this is the one. Yeah, this has my attention, at least for the, as a, a parking spot, yeah. you know, a home spot. 
you know, you can go away and come back and travel and do yeah. all of that other stuff. That sounds good. What are your parents doing now? Now that they, I guess your dad has retired and mm-hmm. are they settled? Or are they still? My dad is working for OSHA for the government and my mom is working for the census. So they're both working out of DC right now, but they're also kind of reaching that point of like, my dad's bored. He always tells me that like, he's really appreciates what the military did because it's like, you're, you know, every time he moved, every time we had something, he had a new project, he had a new something to grasp, something to do. And now it's like with his new job with the government, it's very much like day, 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 like just same day, same day. And he is getting bored. So he's pursuing a PhD in history and he's going to write it about his experiences. Well, potentially his experiences in being overseas because he was stationed in Iran twice in Afghanistan and American involvement in those areas and how we could have done better or what could have happened differently and how was our involvement. And that's kind of what he's talking about writing his thesis on. So, and then once he does that, he wants to teach which I think he'll really enjoy because he's a big history buff, big like war history guy. So I think he'll really enjoy that. And then my mom wants to rent out our house and start making B&Bs like around and then like rent those out too. So hopefully she can do that. She doesn't really have as much of a plan for that one. It's kind of like a long-term goal, but she also is like getting antsy and kind of wants to change things up a little. Do something different. I get that. What about your brothers? How how has their experience been or what what would you say based on your perspective or observation was the impact for them? I think me and all my brothers have different levels of like military kidness because my youngest brother, I mean, he's lived in Maryland since he was in third grade. And, you know, if my parents move, then that'll change. But like he has been there for a long time. And he's kind of like in that, like has the same friends type of thing. He didn't really get that full military kid experience in the way that I did or Mm -hmm. my brother, who's a year and a half younger than me. And then my same with my middle brother, he's been in the same place since like seventh grade. So I don't know. I feel like they, it's weird because it's like, I had this like crazy moving around childhood and they have the more financially secure, less moving around you know, that childhood is just very different because in only just seven years, how different all of our lives changed. Mm -hmm. And then like the different stages that hit me at, like my brother who's a year and a half younger than me, he went to three different middle schools. And I didn't even realize that until we were done with them. And I was like, we just moved for you to go to three different middle schools, which is like a horrible time to switch schools. So I don't know. It's Yeah. How was that for him? I honestly don't know. He never was too against moving and he was never too for it he very much just took it in stride and kind of just went with it so yeah i don't really know we kind of did the same things we 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 were just wired to know it was what we were going to do so it wasn't something that we fought or had a reaction to we just did it and yeah i'm gonna say you probably were a model for it in some way you're the older sister however you go is how they go and there's individuality, but I would imagine that you had a lot to do with it. They saw how you took it in stride. I never really thought about that, but mm-hmm. that's actually, that's a good point. You laid the, the foundation there. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there anything you'd like to, to leave the audience with? Any words of advice or just anything you'd like to say? I think I'd just say, like, 
don't be afraid of if you like feel like you should go somewhere and experience something new don't be afraid of like what you're going to leave behind because you can always come back to it people are not going to forget you we have a million ways to keep in touch um there's always going to be so much more you can learn from experiencing something new than how much you're going to regret leaving something that you kind of felt like you should stay at Mm -hmm. you know life is so long literally i've lived in maryland now three four different times and i still consider it my home base but every time i leave i come back and things are relatively the same but i am completely different and i've learned so much more and had i not you know had to do that i maybe wouldn't understand that so many good things can come out of it um so yeah just don't be afraid to experience new things and try new places that's really good stuff. I love that. I'm going to take that advice myself. <laughs> Keep it going. You know, there's never a time where where you can't take that on because it's easy to get either in a rut or in a pattern or routine. Mm-hmm. Too comfortable. Yeah, very comfortable. And then if you don't stretch yourself to say, well, let's try something new, man, then we miss those 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 chances to create an experience of whatever there might be that we've never had before, you know, whatever that new thing is. So really good stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You've been listening to Freedom Now Travel, Express Yourself. You just heard Sidra express her appreciation for the insight into other cultures and how they experience the world that travel has provided her. I love that she said, when traveling, it's helpful to be like a kid on a playground and embrace your interests and find your people. Love that, Sidra. I'm going to take that on myself since I love traveling, the global citizen that I am. And I love this next piece of advice that she gives. Don't be afraid of what you're going to leave behind because you can always come back to it. This episode was produced by Antonio Goodwin, your host, and Jonathan Murphy. Research and project support provided by Research Dynamo, Dr. Katrina Murphy. Be sure to subscribe, find us on any platform where you play your podcasts, or just Google Freedom Now Travel Podcast. And definitely leave us a review if you like what you hear, and I hope you do. And by all means, share all of this freedom and passion through different kinds of travel with other people who, just like you, want to be inspired too. I look forward to being with you the next time. Ciao for now. It was a fantastic conversation. You are stellar. Oh, thank like, you. That rugby, I'm, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with the rugby thing. I know, I have a game this weekend. I'm just honestly trying to get through this. We have two more games. I'm just trying to get through the rest of the season without getting injured. And then I'm like, and then I'm good. Like, Are you serious? In this? Is that it? Well, no, no, I'm coming back. You're gonna- but, <laughs> but I'll have summer to like, just get my strength up, everything. Take a little break and then get back into Go it. Go back to it. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Uh, It's my pleasure. Thank you for being available and saying yes. You're an awesome (laughs) podcast guest. (laughs) Thank you.